1. Psalm chapter 1, if you're using the Black Bibles there in the chairs, it's page 347. <clears throat> 347. Psalm chapter 1. <clears throat> you know, it's an amazing thing what we remember. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I tease my wife uh, probably uh, undeservedly, but I do tease my wife often because she remembers many abstract things that most people don't. Um, but the other day I was in, I was in my, my, uh, my shop uh, playing around doing some, doing some stuff and, <clears throat> and I, I was doing something and, and you, you know how, you know how when you're in the middle of an activity, sometimes it'll bring back a memory. Uh, and uh, it brought back a memory uh, when I was a teenager and I, and I stood there and I thought, I can't, believe, I can't believe I remembered that. I don't remember what I had for dinner last night. And I'm here sitting here thinking about something that happened, you know, 45 years ago. It, it, but that's how our minds work, isn't it? <clears throat> the first time I remember reading Psalm chapter 1, now I, I probably had read it prior to this event, but the first time... I remember reading Psalm chapter 1 was about <clears throat> 35 years ago. I was, I, I can take you to the place where I was. I remember I could take you to the spot where I was. I, 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 was, I worked for a furniture company in Corona, California. I had just gotten out of the Navy and it was my first, well, it's kind of, well, kind of my first job after I got out of the service. And was was uh, on lunch break, and that particular day I, I drove truck for the company. But that day I was in I was in the in the shop for some reason, and I remember uh, reaching into my pocket. I used to carry in my my back pocket a a uh, Psalm and New Testament. Uh, uh, Y'all know what I'm talking about. And and I thought you know what? I'm going to sit down and read do do some reading. Uh, seeing I've got an hour to kill, and which I wasn't used to because I'm usually on the road driving. And so I was sitting there, and <clears throat> I pulled out my Bible, and I started to read, and I thought, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start reading in, in Psalms. <clears throat> so let's, let's, let's start reading Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. Said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the uh, <clears throat> ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, and his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, <clears throat> we ask that you would speak to our hearts this morning, that you would encourage us, that you would strengthen us. And Lord, help us to understand and get a hold of how much you want to bless our lives. We love you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> As I sat there on that, I, 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 well, I'm sure, I'm sure it's not there because the company 
the company that I worked for uh, went out of business, and so, but I could, the building is still there. At least the last time I looked, it was still there. But <clears throat> I could, I could take you to the workbench that I was sitting on when I was reading this psalm. And I remember sitting there that day, and one of the reasons I think it's so vivid on my mind is because of the the image that came into my mind. And uh, <clears throat> earlier this week, I spent some time looking through the internet, looking for a picture uh, that I could show you this morning of kind of what I had in my mind. And, and I have a picture here for you. This is very similar to the image that I had in my mind that day. A tree planted by the rivers of water. And I, and, I, and I remember sitting there on that workbench with my eyes closed, just kind of just thinking, wow, that is, that is such a cool image. As I sat there and was thinking this, this picture, <clears throat> the owner of the company walked by and he said, hey, Rick, what are you, what are you thinking about? So I pulled out my Bible and I read to him the first three verses of, this, of Psalm chapter 1. And he and I st- sat and talked. and Well, he stood, I sat. Um, but we talked about the blessings of God in our lives. And, you know, it's, let me say this. It is a wonderful thing to work for a believer. Uh, that we could sit and have this kind of conversation. And we talked about the blessings of God and he shared some things about the blessings of God in, in his life in reference to the company and different things. And, and we just had a, I don't know, five, maybe ten minute little bless, blessing fest uh, right there in the middle of the factory. And uh, it was such an incredible, incredible uh, time in my life. And <clears throat> But I want, I want you to sit, I want you to picture this, 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 at least this is the scene that I had in my, how many of you have a similar scene in your mind? Okay, many, many of you do. <clears throat> Quiet, peaceful, uh, um, no stress. You know, I could just picture myself, you know, with a fishing pole and just, you, you know, <laughs> you know, just, I, I you know, the, The strange thing is, I remember that like it happened yesterday. The title of my message this morning is The Promise of Blessings. The Promise of Blessings. Now, we're going to read verses 1 through 3 again. And while we're doing this, I want you to answer a question in your mind. Is the blessings of God talked about in verses 1 through 3, are they conditional or are they unconditional? So, answer the question in your mind. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth 
shall prosper. Now, is that a conditional or an unconditional promise of God? It is conditional. It absolutely is conditional. Now, how many of you want the blessings of God on your life? Every, everybody does. I, 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 you know, I don't know anybody who would wake up and say, you know what? Man, today would be a great day to get every curse of God that he can give me. No. no. What do we do? We, we, we wake up every day with the hope of the blessings of God, do we not? Now, this morning, I want to help you understand how you can have the blessings of God in your life. It's actually, well, let, let, no, I don't want to say that. The concept is actually pretty easy. The doing is up to you. <clears throat> the word blessings here, I, I, I want to, and <clears throat> we'll get into this in a minute, but I, I want to, the, the very first word is blessed. The word blessed here, and, and this is important to understand the context of what he's trying to say is, is specifically in the, in the first three verses. The word blessed here is in the plural. What does that mean? More than one. Okay? Um, and, and, and oftentimes, <clears throat> you know, blessed is the man. And, and what he's talking about here is, 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 is a life of blessings. Not just a blessing or, or two or three blessings, but a life that is full of blessings. I don't know about you, but that is, that is something that I desire. That is something that is incredibly appealing to me, is to have God bless everything in my life. In verse 1, we're going to talk about what this person, a blessed person, doesn't do. In verse 2, he talks about what a blessed person does do. And then in verse 3, he talks about how this person is blessed. So, point number one, what not to do. If you want the blessings of God in your life, he gives us three things that we are not supposed to do. Verse 1, blessed is the man that <clears throat> walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. The first one that we are not supposed to do, if we want the blessings of God in our lives, is to walk, it says, walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now this is an interesting concept because many people have a misunderstanding of what this is talking about. Many, many people believe that this is only referring to the spiritual part of our lives. Our Bible reading, our, uh, <clears throat> our prayer lives, our witnessing, and things like that. If, 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 if the spiritual part of my life, I will go to godly people and get godly advice, God will bless me. That's where most people draw the line. But the problem is... <clears throat> they think that it doesn't involve their finances, that it doesn't involve the raising of their children or their homes or, or uh, their entertainment choices or, or how or where they work. 
Now, let me ask you a question. What part of your life does, is God not interested in? There is, no, there is no part of your life that God is not in, interested in. In other words, every part of your life, God is inter, interested. Why am I having trouble saying that? It's your fault, Ronnie. <laughs> every part of your life God wants to be a part of that is why we need to be so careful that we need to seek godly counsel in every area of our lives one of the problems with and I, I hate I hate categories of people but I don't know how else to do it one of the problems many millennials have is they don't want to ask for advice they think they know it all now I'm sure glad when I was in my 20s I didn't think like that (laughs) okay everybody laugh okay because Because when I was in my 20s, I thought I knew it all too. But the reality is what? I didn't. And now that I'm in my 50s, I look back at my 20s and think, wow, I wish I'd have done things a whole lot differently. So blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. The, the, The understood truth is then the person who is blessed seeks godly counseling. the second thing, nor standeth in the way of sinners. The the, the idea of standing in the way gives the idea of standing among or literally taking on the attitude of sinners. So what happens when we stand in the way or we or we, we spend the majority of our time with people who are not saved, what do we end up doing? We end up taking on those attributes. Our attitudes change toward God and godly things. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, Be not deceived. Okay, when, when, when the Bible says to be not deceived, you can understand that a lot of people are deceived. Be not deceived. Evil communication <clears throat> corrupt good manner. Or, or let me put it to you another way. If you, if, if you live among the evil, you're going to act like the evil. Don't be deceived. I can't tell you how many times people will say, but pastor, I'm hoping that my goodness will rub off on them. Don't be deceived. Evil communication corrupt good manners. Be careful who you call friend. Be careful who you spend time with. Proverbs chapter 27, 17. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a uh, man sharpeneth the countenance of his friends. Proverbs chapter uh, 27, verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. 
Be careful who your friends are. Be careful who you spend time with. Now, I'm not talking about living in a bubble. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. But if you spend the majority of your time in the world, you will be like the world. Number three, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Now, a couple of interesting ideas here is the word seat gives the, gives the idea of position or of, 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 of authority. Because in, in the Old Testament, the, uh, the seat was always a position of authority. Nor sitteth in the seat or the position of authority of the scornful. The word scornful literally means to be an ambassador of evil. So what happens? Well, let, well, let me tell you. Let, let me read this. Proverbs chapter twenty-eight, verse fourteen. Happy is the is the man that that feareth always, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. Solomon got it right. He understood. I want you to. I, I, I please please get this because this is an important part of understanding. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. you got to see the progression. It starts with the type of counseling that you get. If you get the wrong kind of counseling, what is going to happen? You're going to end up going and developing an ungodly attitude. Ungodly counseling leads, always leads, to an ungodly attitude, which always leads to an ungodly lifestyle. If you want the blessings of your of God in your life, it starts by seeking godly counsel. Not living <clears throat> and allowing the world to influence you and picking your friends very, very carefully. So, number one, what not to do. Verse number two, let's talk about what we are supposed to do. Verse 2, but he delighted, but he delighted, delight in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. But he delighteth. The, the word delight here gives the idea of pleasure and what what is the thing that makes this individual happy? The person who is blessed by God, what is that that thing that makes that individual happy? And I want you to think about your own life here for a moment. And, and I want you to think about what is that one thing that you can always go to that makes you happy? The psalmist here, I believe it was David, says that it was the law of the Lord that took him to his happy place. And a person who is blessed will always turn to the Word of God. Well, let let me ask you a question. The law that he's talking about here, is it talking about the Ten Commandments? Or is it talking about the Word of God? He's talking about the Word of God. You know, we have 
the Bible, the completed canon of Scripture, 66 books. We have the book of Psalms that we can go to and, and that can, 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 can give us places of, in our minds where we can go and we can have that perfect peace. We have the New Testament that, that, that helps us uh, understand how to live and, 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 and I can go on and on and on and on. We have 66 books here in the, in the Old and New Testament. <clears throat> 39 in the Old and 27 in the New. When David wrote Psalm chapter 1, verse 2, how many books of the Bible did he have? Five. We call it the Pentateuch. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Now how many of you in the last week or so have gone to the book of Deuteronomy and say, oh, what a blessing. You know, we laugh at that, but David was in love with the Word. And a man who is blessed by God loves the book. Get a hold of that. Because if this book, I'm just here to tell you, if this book is something that you read occasionally, and you can go, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, that, that was cool, okay. I'm telling you, your life will not be blessed. This book needs to be your happy place. This book needs to be the place that you run to when life is closing in on you. Phillips Brooks wrote the following. The Bible is like a telescope. If you look through uh, his telescope, he sees the worlds beyond. But he, if he looks at his telescope... He doesn't see anything but that. The Bible is a thing that we look through to see that which is beyond. But most people look at it, and so they, they see only a dead letter. What is, what is uh, Brooks, uh, Phillips Brooks saying? He's saying, you know what? <clears throat> if we look through the Word of God, <clears throat> it'll look. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> if we look through the Word of God, it can change our lives. But if we look at the Word of God, it's just another book. <clears throat> George Mueller wrote this. <clears throat> The first three years after conversion, I neglected the Word of God. Since I began to search it diligently, the blessing has been wonderful. I have read the Bible through 100 times and always with increasing delight. How I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You, you just take your favorite book. I don't know that I actually have a favorite book, but <clears throat> I remember the very, very first book I ever read cover to cover. It was the life story of Babe Ruth. Now, I'm just saying, 
If I read that one a hundred times, I'd get bored with it. But the more I read this book, the more delight it brings into my life. Not only does this person delight in the Word of God, but they meditate on the Word of God. <clears throat> and doth he meditate day and night? What does it mean to meditate? Does it, does it mean we have to sit on the floor and get into a pretzel position and, and go, oh, oh, no, that's not meditation. I don't, I don't know what that is, but it's, it looks like torture is what it looks like. <clears throat> but it's not meditation. Now, can we meditate on the Word of God and do something else? Absolutely we can. What, 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 is, what does it mean then to meditate? What it means is to, to formulate, to ponder, or to visualize. Uh, let, let, let me give you an example. Um, yesterday morning, I, I, well, I finished reading uh, uh, a portion of the, the, the scripture, and yesterday morning I, I started praying, okay, God, where, you know, what book of the Bible do you want me to go to next? And <clears throat> I just felt like God wanted me to start in the book of Esther. And I, I love I love the story of Esther. I love history. I love everything about it. I I don't know how many times I've read the book of Esther, but I determined this time to read it differently. And I'm I I I, I I'm not going to read it as a history book. I'm going to read it as the Word of God. Does that make sense? I want that book to make a difference in my life. There's a verse. In 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 uh, in in the first chapter, it's probably around verses five or six. Somewhere it's at the very beginning, but there's a phrase there, and I, I I'm gonna paraphrase it. But basically, it says, "And the king basically let every man do what he wanted." That's a vile place to be. And as many times as I've read the the book of Esther, I never noticed that. But later the, the queen comes out and refuses. Well, she doesn't come out. He calls for her and she refuses to go. And the main reason, I think, the, re, the main reason she refuses to go is because of, of, because of what was going on. It was a, basically, it was a drunken orgy is what it was. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. I'd never seen that before. See, that's what the Word of God should do in our lives should make a change and meditate on it. Charles Spurgeon wrote this, perhaps some of you can claim a sort of negative purity. Please, please get this because th this is incredibly impactful. Some of you can claim a negative purity because you do not walk in the way of the ungodly. But let me ask you, is your delight in the law of the Lord? Do you study God's Word? Do you make it the man of your right hand, your best companion, your hourly guide? If not, this blessing belongeth not to you. What's he saying? He's saying we read, we read verse 1 and we say, Okay, I don't. I I take godly counsel. I do not walk in the counsel of the godly. I do not walk in the way of sinners. I do not sit in the seat of the scornful. So I I am pure in a negative sense. Does that make sense? 
But that's only half of the condition of the blessings of God. The other part says you have to be in love with this book and you have to meditate on it. See, we can, we can go through the cycles if you like. We can go through the motions of not doing certain things and doing certain things. And we can, we can have a list of do's and don'ts and we can go through that list. But if ultimately we don't spend time in the book and we don't, and we don't love God, we can do and not do things all day long and still not experience the blessings of God in our lives. It's not what we do, it's what happens in here. Number three, what we will enjoy. Let's look at verse three. And we shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, and his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Let's bring up that picture again, if you would, please, Chris. <clears throat> as, I, as I sat and I looked at this picture the other day and I thought, oh, man, I, I, I would just love to be transported to, to that spot. You, you know what I mean? <clears throat> you know, here, this appears from the best I can tell to be an oak tree. And we don't know, but it, it, it would appear because there's no other trees around it that that this tree was um, a, a wild tree, if that makes sense. Somehow a squirrel, a bird, however God decided to do it, dropped a seed right there. Oof. And, and what happened? A tree grew. And, and, and so we would call this a wild tree, and, and the, the, the picture here of, of serenity. But I'm here to tell you, verse 3 is not this picture. This is the picture that I had, but this is not God's picture. You say, but Pastor, you just ruined the whole image. Sorry, I really don't mean to ruin your 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 little picture of serenity. But I want to start by a key word that oftentimes we miss. It says, And we and he shall be like a tree planted. Think about that word. What does the word planted imply? Purpose, it, there's purpose to it. Now, last year, my wife and I planted two trees in our yard. We, two of our fruit trees died, so we, we took them out and put in two new trees. And uh, our neighbor on, on, on the, the side of the, the house that, that we planted the trees, the old trees were too close to the fence. And the, the branches that hung over it, he hated it because the fruit would drop on his side of the fence and, and he'd get mad and throw it over, <laughs> over back over the fence. Um, so we decided to, to move the new trees away, further away from the fence. Does that make sense? So, so what, what, what did we do? I got out the tape measure, measured where the old trees were, 
you know, brought him over. Do you see the purpose there? This tree gives us the image of a haphazard event that just took place. When God plants us, He plants us with purpose. He not only plants us with purpose, but there's ownership there. Those two trees in my yard, those are my trees. Not, you know, the trees that were there before, they were mine only because I happened to own the property that they were on, but somebody else planted them. And I never really liked them. I only put up with them because they were there. But these trees are mine. I nurtured them. I fertilized them. I water them. I take care of them. My wife sprays them for bugs and puts all that dormant oil and all that stuff on it and does you know why because they are ours this tree i don't think anybody ever trimmed it nobody ever took care of this tree nobody well somebody owns it just because they own the property but that's nobody's tree Oh, dormant oil. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's something my wife puts on it every year. But you know what? As our trees grow, what am I, I going to do? I'm going to prune them. I'm going to take care of them. Check for disease. See, God doesn't just throw us out into a field and say, okay, grow. There's purpose in our lives. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, it is he that doth uh, go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. There's nothing random about your life. Nothing. If you are going to be someone who is blessed by God, there will be purpose in your life. I have a question for you. According to verse 3, where is that tree planted? Well, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but but what, is it, what does the Bible say? By the rivers of water. Okay, can we have the picture again? Another false idea of this picture. <clears throat> Look at the word rivers in verse 3. More than one. Multiple rivers. And as I sat there, the reality of that hit me. It was like, oh, my soul. Because that changes everything, does it not? And I thought, wow, what kind of rivers would God plant me by? And I thought, and this is, I, I don't know. This is just what, I, what popped into my head. I, I, I picture three rivers in my life. Grace mercy and love and i'm planted in the middle of all three of those now how i could be planted in the middle of three rivers i don't know but it works in my mind 
planted by the rivers. God could be talking about 500 rivers. God could plant you anywhere he wants you. But the, the, the idea of having multiple rivers also gives the idea of that. Well, <clears throat> let me ask you another question about this picture. Do you ever think that there are times where this river is not as high as it is right now? Yeah. What, what, what would cause the, the water level to go down? Okay, drought, uh, the seasons, right? The different seasons. Uh, summertime, what? Rivers tend to go down in the summertime. You know what? So, so what is that? So by having multiple rivers, what is, what is that an incredible picture of? You're always going to have you're always going to have water. No matter what the seasons of life are that you're going through, you're always going to have <clears throat> a source of life. John chapter 7 verse 38, he that uh, <clears throat> believeth on me as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers, again plural, rivers of living water. The next phrase, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. This fruit that is being spoken of here is specific fruit for specific seasons, is it not? Now, we refer to oftentimes as the, the, the cycles of life that we go through as being seasons of life, do we not? Uh, <clears throat> you know, we have we have good seasons and we have bad seasons. We have we well, literally, we have summer, spring, fall, and well, no, that's that's not how it goes. Spring, summer, fall, winter. Yeah, you know, we have we have four seasons. We have we have cycles that we go through in life. And the promise that God gives us here is that as we cycle through these seasons, we will always have the fruit that we need to get us through that season. He doesn't say that we will have fruit. He says that we will have uh <clears throat> he bringeth forth his fruit in his season. So when life is going really, really good, you get a lot of lemonade. <laughs> what was it? Was that when, when the, when, when God gives you lemons, make lemonade or something like that, you know, when life is hard, God provides for us. There's an incredible promise here. An incredible promise. There's a common saying, in fact, I heard it this week. <clears throat> God will give you, uh, well, excuse me, God will not give you more than you can bear. That is not a true statement. Okay? If you know somebody going through a difficult season, do not tell them, man. Because that is not, that is not what the Bible says. Now, I, I'm getting ready to read you what the Bible does say <clears throat> uh, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says, There is no temptation taken you, but, such, but as is, uh, such as is common to man. 
But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which ye are able. But with the temptation also will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, the devil has taken this verse and twisted it. God will not give you more than you can bear. No, that's not true. When life happens, God will give you the tools to be able to go through it. There you go. His fruit in his season. God gives you what you need when you need it. If you do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, if you do not do the things in verse 1, and you love this book and you meditate on it, when life happens, God will be there for you. Then he goes on, he says, and his leaf also shall not wither. And I thought about that. I thought, you know, that that's... I, I, I'll be honest with you, I kind of struggled with that. And then it dawned on me, what do, what do trees do? Leaf, leafy trees. Yeah, they, in the fall, that's why we call it fall, because their leaves change colors, they, they die and they, and they fall. And then in the spring, they grow back. But it, well, yeah, the oak tree, yeah, but, <clears throat> but they're, anyway... The, the, the point is this, not only will the blessings of God be on your life, but think about the fact that your leaf shall not wither. You're not, there, there are not going to be times in your life where the Spirit of God is dormant in your life. God is always going to be active in your life if the blessings of God are on there. No matter what you're going through, no matter what season, no matter the circumstances, no matter the hardships, God will always be there. And then the last part, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. What does it mean to prosper? Most people interpret the word prosper in a physical, monetary sense. And that is not what this word is talking about. What does it mean to prosper? Let me ask you a question. Can can you put that picture back up, Chris? Sorry. (laughs) Would you call this oak tree a strong tree? Okay, what gave this tree strength? Okay, I didn't say I didn't say what made it grow. What made it strong? What about the what about the wind? What about the the snow? And the hardship that this tree went through, what is that's what made it strong. The water helped it grow. The nutrients helped it, helped it grow. But the tree gained strength because of the elements. 
And so often, <clears throat> what, what would happen to a tree? In fact, this happened to a friend of mine. <clears throat> he, he, owned, he owned five acres of, of land. And they had a, it had probably about 70% of the trees on the land were pine trees. And the other, the other 30% were uh, oaks and, and a couple elms and you know, some hardwood trees. Well, when he bought the property, he hired a lumber company to come in and strip all the pines out of this, out of this property. Do you have any idea what happened to all the oaks and elms the first storm we had? Every one of them snapped. Why? They, they, had, they had never had to fight the elements because the pine trees grew faster and protected them from all the elements. Even though some of these oak trees were 30 feet high, they snapped like toothpicks because they had never had to stand against the elements. What does your life look like? Well, let let me rephrase that. What do you want your life to look like? Do you want to be a blessed person by the rivers of water with a picture of a mighty oak tree? Well, I'm here to tell you that's only going to happen because you cycle through the seasons of life the struggles of life that are going to come your way. God never promises us this picture of tranquility for the rest of our lives. He never promises this. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) But he promises us a life that can and will be blessed. And a life that will prosper. But how do we prosper? We prosper from within, not from without. Roger Babson, an American historian, visited the president of Argentina about 100 years ago when the president said to him, you are a student of history. Will you please tell me why it is that South America with her unlimited resources and having been settled earlier than North America, have nevertheless made much slower progress in civilization and material prosperity. Mr. Uh, uh, Babson uh, threw the question back at the president by saying, Mr. President, you evidently have studied this question yourself. I would be interested to know your answer to it. And the president of Argentina replied this. He said, The explanation lay in the fact that South America was settled by Spaniards who were seeking gold, while North America was settled by pilgrim fathers who were seeking God. I read this story recently and I thought, wow, what an incredible picture of the life that we live oftentimes. What is the thing that, why do you go to work tomorrow? So that you can get gold, so that you can have nicer homes and faster cars? 
What motivates you to do the things that you do? See, the promise of God in Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, does not say that we will live a life void of conflict and troubles. It doesn't say that. But it does say when those conflicts and troubles come, we can live a life that is blessed. But it's a conditional promise. It's conditional on how you live your life and where you put your priorities. It's really, as I said at the beginning, it's a simple concept, is it not? But it's not always that easy to live. Really, the the core of the question comes down to this. How do you define prosper? Do you define prosper materially or spiritually? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father,